Good morning, good morning. Uh, it is good to be with you Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I hope that you've had a weekend filled with thanks. Uh, I know I got a lot to be thankful for. Um, I have my, my parents are here. My daughter, one of my daughters is here. I'm thankful to have them here. Uh, I'm thankful for those of you who have already uh, blamed my parents for me and suggested <laughs> that if they'd have beat me more, I'd have turned out better. I'm thankful for that. Uh, so uh, it's, it's good to have you here. Uh, and it's good to be together. Um, if I can, I'm going to change something up just just for a moment. We also, uh, this morning as I came in, I talked to I don't know how many people just to begin the day off. And th there's hurting people here too. I know we're right in this spot between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And a lot of times that is a great, wonderful, uh, joyous time. But also it's a time that uh, is hard for a lot of folks who are missing somebody. Uh, maybe for the first time. Uh, maybe it's been longer than just the first time. Uh, somebody who's in the hospital, somebody who's ill, somebody who's hurting, uh, a family member who's just not present uh, during this time, illness that we're facing. So I tell you what, uh, if, if we can, would you join me? Just stand where you are, please. And uh, I'm going to say a prayer here in just a moment. But I'd like to ask if you would, if you're in a spot today where you're just coming in hurt for whatever reason, emotionally, Spiritually, physically, if you have loved ones that you're concerned about, if there's somebody that's weighing heavy on your heart, if there's something that you uh, uh, would really like to bring before the Lord in some way, would you just sit down where you are? Just take a seat. If you uh, are hurting and having a hard time, just sit where you are. And then I'd like, uh, if we can, for those that are uh, of us around there, is uh, if you could just maybe reach up and put a hand on somebody's shoulder who's... Uh, who's seated right now. You don't need to know why. You just need to know they're your family. More than we think, isn't it? So often, more than we think that come in here hurting. Um, so this is a, a great opportunity for us uh, to lift them up before the Lord. So if you would, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the family of God. We thank you that you've given us to one another, especially in your great wisdom to know how we would uh, need each other. That when, um, when we're hurt and we're wounded, there are others that are strong that will hold our arms up for us. Uh, that when sometimes we have a hard time fighting the battle, there are others that will fight the battle for us. And so, Lord, we ask in particular that you would heal those who are seated right now who may be going through a difficult time spiritually or emotionally or physically or all of those, those who may be wounded because of a loss, those who may be concerned about a family member uh, who doesn't belong to you right now or who has wandered away, for those who have um, uh, family members that they're in particular missing around the holidays, uh, that there's a, uh, there's a hole in their heart uh, that uh, they're asking you to heal in some way because of who we're missing. Lord, we are thankful for uh, the fact that we get to be there for one another. We're thankful that you use us uh, in prayer and that you use us in comfort and that we are allowed to be there for one another. And so, Lord, we ask for your healing, and at the same time, we give you great thanks that we have been healed spiritually for eternity, that we have the hope of Christ that comes, even if it's hard to see it right now, that we can have sorrow and we can have hope running right next to one another at the same time. And so, Lord, we ask for healing for our brothers and sisters who need it, 
that you would bring them what they ask, but more than that, Lord, that you would bring them what you know they need to have. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our resurrected Savior. Amen. All right. Thank you for that. Y'all can have a seat. Uh, what a blessing to be part of the church that we can do that for one another. So uh, we have been talking about our, our vision, and we've been asking God to guide us. If you are new with us or if you're a visitor with us, you need to know we're in this time where what we're doing is going, Lord, lead us, guide us, make us the church that you want us to be. Show us how to be your people in this world. Show us what it looks like for us to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus in this world, to do the work that he's called us to do. And at the same time, one of the ways we've been doing that is we've been talking about how we need to listen. We need to listen to God. We do a lot of talking to God in our prayers. Sometimes we need to listen. And so we've talked about how we'll listen to Scripture and how we'll listen to each other and how we'll listen to some people outside of the church, but more importantly, how we listen to the Holy Spirit. So we've been spending some time talking about the Holy Spirit. Last week, we did the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And today, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in particular, for a day like today, is that we're thankful for them. We have a lot to be thankful for for in the gift that God has given us. And I know here we are right here finishing up Thanksgiving and looking towards that gift day of Christmas. And so we're going to spend some time talking about how you receive a gift and how you're thankful for that. Uh, I want to tell you first, though, if you're like me, uh, as a kid around Christmas time, I don't think there was anything more frightening than to hear that you were going to get a gift that you can use. Don't worry, I'm going to give you a gift that you can really use. <laughs> Terrifying right? That is a box of socks. You're getting a box of socks. That's the one that you open. You try and look grateful. You give the smile that you were taught to give. Thank you, grandmother. And you put that aside. I had wonderful grandparents, but one in particular, uh, bless her heart, I miss her every single day, but she was the one that was prone to give me soap on a rope, right? I mean, and for those of y'all that are kids, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a bar of soap with a rope that goes through it for you to use in the shower and then hang on the faucet. And so that's its use. And so I got that for Christmas uh, as a kid. And I got to tell you, not my favorite gift that I've ever had. Uh, I, had a, I had another friend I remember years ago who had begged and begged and begged his parents for a Nintendo 64, which is uh, kids, what, what we used to call video games, uh, a Nintendo 64, and desperately wanted that, and I remember they got a, he told me later, we got this gift that was under the tree, and it was heavy, and we were like, this has got to be it, this has got to be it, and when they finally opened it, it was an electric typewriter, and their parents said, this is something you can really use instead of video games, and so disappointment, oh, disappointment that comes, right, disappointment that comes with gifts you can use. Now, there's the other side of that, and whether or not you give gifts that you can use, and some of y'all may feel a little offended right now and going, hey, I like to give gifts that you can use. I just want to warn you, you got to be careful of that, too. Uh, I have a wife who likes gadgets, and years ago, who invited me to give her on her birthday, uh, I would like this kitchen gadget that would help me kind of, it, it, it was a broom, it was a new broom and mop is what it was. And I remember thinking, even as a young man, this doesn't sound right for me to get her this as a gift. And I told her, this, this doesn't seem right. She insisted, no, this is what I want. This is so cool because it does X, Y, and Z. I don't know, it was gasoline powered and you ride on it. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> but she liked the idea that it was this gadget. And so said, but, but this is really what I want. And so me being a young man with very little experience, I got it for her. 
for her birthday. And when she opened it, she was happy. This is what I wanted. But then proceeded to tell everyone she ran into, well, I got a mop for my birthday, and that's what my <laughs> husband gave me. <laughs> you told me to. So just let that be a lesson to you young men. Uh, that's a trick. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't give a gift that can be used in that way. But when we started talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fact that we have a Holy Spirit who is God, who pours out gifts upon his church that has given you these gifts that he wants you to have, and, and there's a reason because he wants them to be used. I am going to give you something that you can use. And there's a purpose for this. And he has a vision for the way that our gifts that are given to us. And every one of you has it. You need to know, if you belong to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. And he has gifts for you, but for you to use. And the way that you're supposed to use them, it says time and time again, is for the building up of the body. That's one of the words that's used in Scripture to describe the church, is we're talked about as a body. And we'll get into that Scripture here in just a minute, is, is we're a body together. And so it's the building up. I will give you these gifts so that you can use these for the body. And so I want to uh, read, if we can, our Scripture today will be Romans 12, 4 through 8. And this is Paul talking about how we use the gifts of the Spirit. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function... So in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. And if it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. I know last week we talked about some of the gifts of the Spirit that is given to us, and, and we talked about the more exciting ones, right? The ones that you wonder whether or not that you have that and how that one works. One of the things that I love about this Scripture is that it talks about things we can relate to a little bit more. But the way that Paul talks about them is to start with is to go, hey, listen, if you've been gifted in this way, then use it. The expectation is that you have this, and so you should use this in a way that builds up the body. There's kind of this vision that God has for us and that the Holy Spirit has built into us this vision for what a church is supposed to look like. And what it's supposed to look like is not people that come sit like in a stadium and watch something. It's a group of people that all take the gift that has been given them by God and then they turn around and use this in a way that glorifies God. That's the vision he has for us as a church. And that's the things that we should be looking for. The way that he talks about it, too, I want to remind you again, is there's lists of, of, of uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is not meant to be an exhaustive list. If I just read that and you look at it and go, I don't know if I have any of those, that's okay. He's not going, these are the only gifts and there are no other ones. There are things that God has gifted you and there's things that the Holy Spirit has put a fire in you to do to build up the body. And it may not be included in this list, that's okay. There's ways that you can find out what that is and use those. We form one body, it says. And I love the way he talks about it. And you belong to each other. That's a powerful word. We don't just sit here together. We actually belong to one another. In other words, in a way that the same way that my thumb belongs to my hand, which belongs to the rest of my body, you belong to me in the same way that I belong to you. We, we go together. 
all together in God's great wisdom to see that we can work together for his mission. And that's the thing, is he talks over and over again. He says, I've given you these gifts. Why? To build up the body, to encourage one another, so that you'll be there for one another. Use these on each other. These are gifts that are given to the church, for the church, and those outside of the church. When he talks about building up the body, it's not just for us in this nice little holy huddle and we take care of one another. It's even more than that. The building up of the body is also the growth of the body and the body to be doing what it was meant to do. And for us, that means not just sitting in here and taking care of one another. It means that we take care of one another in such a way that we also have this ability to reach out and serve and grab hold of those who don't yet know the Lord. Amen. It's been given to us with much thought that's one of the things that's neat about this too, is the Lord didn't just sprinkle this all over the place with no thought as to how it would work. He actually uses his Holy Spirit to give us these gifts in such a way that we have all of the pieces that we need. One of the things that I wanted to mention always to folks, if you're new here and you feel drawn by God to go, I need a church home and I feel like God's calling me to this place. And if you're new with us, we need you. It's not just that you're welcome here. It's you're a part of something that we were missing. And when you come and you're a part of us in the way that the Holy Spirit puts us together, we become more complete. That's the way that the Holy Spirit works, and that's the way he puts us together. And so what that leads to is this thankfulness that we have that I'm not just thankful for the gifts that God has given me. I'm so thankful for the gifts that God's given you because what he gave you, I will benefit from. I will actually have something that will benefit me in that. And he gave you a different gift than he gave me. I mean, I am very mindful, very mindful of the gifts I have not been given in the same way the gifts I have. I mean, I, I told you, it's, it's been great to have my folks here. My father's been, been preaching the word for over 60 years. He has that gift, and, and I'm thankful that the Lord gave me that gift. But let me tell you what else he passed on. He can't sing, and I can't sing. <laughs> we come from a long line of Warner men who cannot sing on note. I remember sitting next to my grandfather, who was an elder in the church. He sang poorly. My father sings poorly. I sing poorly. It's something that has been passed on from generation to generation. But that is not the gift that has been given to me. I'm so thankful he gave it to you. And I'm so thankful he gave it to you. Because what happens is in them using their gifts that God has given them, it builds me up. I can sing along with them in such a way that is an encouragement. In God's great wisdom, he decided that what we needed was to have different gifts so that we can lean into each other and we can rely on each other. On the other hand, my mom sings like a bird. So if you've ever sat next to her, you will hear a great alto voice that I remember from my childhood. And she has that great singing voice that is a great uh, sound of praise from my childhood that I still love. I don't have that. She doesn't have dad's. Dad doesn't have hers. I don't have what Melissa has. I don't have what you have. This idea that when we put all of these parts together, they operate in the way that the Holy Spirit wants us to do is this great wisdom of God. And it's loving. It's loving of him to go. I have given you just the gifts that you need. And you will benefit from each other's gifts. I get to do that every year. So my wife's a teacher. And if you know about this, I don't know if you've ever been the spouse of a teacher or something. But every year around uh, teacher appreciation, uh, she gets gifts. And sometimes I get to benefit from those gifts. They're not mine, but I still get to benefit. 
Now, I will tell you, if you give potpourri to your fourth grade teacher, her husband's really not going to benefit from that. Uh, it's nice having that in the house, but sometimes I don't know what it is and tried to eat it one time, and that just a whole different thing. But, but gift cards, like my wife will get a gift card from somebody who goes, here's a gift for Melissa, and I look at it and go, her gift, but I'm benefiting. We get to go out, right? I get some nourishment, and I get some benefit from the gifts that have been given to her. We get to have that together. We have these gift cards that we get to go spend time together on, and I get to benefit from her gifts. It's the same thing with us. We benefit from the gifts that God has given to one another. When you use what he has put in your heart for the benefit of the body and for the mission of God, I get strengthened. And when I do that, you get strengthened. And when we're all doing this together then what happens is the body's operating in the way that it's supposed to. God has decided that what he will do is build up his church through using each one of us, through his people. That's the way he's decided to do it. He's worked in a lot of ways. He's come in thunder and in lightning, and he sent angels. But for this, he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use you with each other. And this is the way that you will be built up. This is the method he's chosen. It's the one he prefers. It's the one that gives him great joy. It's the one that we should be part of and that we should be looking for. The gifts that have been given to each one of us instrumentally. In other words, the Lord says, I give you this to use for the rest of the body. It's an instrument. It's an instrument of my mission and what I'm doing there for the body. So I receive gifts through you when you use them for the body. And the Holy Spirit gives those so that we will build one another up. And so when you're using those for the sake of the body, you bless me. And hopefully I get to do the same for you. That's one of the things that's great about that, right? I mean, it would be an interesting thing if what happened is you sit around at Christmas time and maybe your spouse gets a, a, a I don't know, a, a, maybe a, a new crock pot for dinner. Don't give that. I'll just tell you again, that's... <laughs> Almost got myself in trouble again, didn't I? Let's say somebody received a crock pot, something cool to cook, maybe a cool pan to cook crepes in, or I don't know what. But then they, what they did was to say, I'm going to use this, but I'm never sharing this. These are not for you. This is just for me. It would be this bizarre thing for the family is to go, so you've been given this, and you've been given this opportunity to do something new and different, but you're not going to share that with anybody. That's not the way the body is supposed to work. So there's a couple of things that I think are real important as we begin to be thankful for the gifts that God has given us in different ways. A couple of things. When you're given a gift, there's a couple of things that are really important. One is you need to make sure that you use them in the way that they were intended. That's important. And then the other thing is that you learn to be thankful for those, right? So for instance, using them in the way they were intended. If I were to give uh, Dustin there here a Rolex, for helping lead singing today. I'm not doing that. But if I were to give you a Rolex, and then I come and find out the next day he's using it to drive nails where he's building stuff on a house, that would hurt my feelings. Because that's not what that gift was for. It's important that it's used in a way that it was intended. Just, just this weekend, Melissa's mom passed on a iron skillet, a small iron skillet for us to give to one of our daughters. And the idea was when... When Melissa's dad was around, he had passed away years ago, but when he was around, he made the best eggs. 
And the girls would go, those are the best eggs. And I think maybe it has something to do with that pan. Because he would make the eggs in that pan, and they loved it from the time that they were a child to be able to have that. And so she's passing that pan on to give to the daughter who goes, I loved that. We even call them granddad eggs. That's what they are. They're granddad eggs, right? When they're cooked perfect, they're granddad eggs. So here's the pan. If she were to take that pan and just go set it out in the garage for it to rust, that would hurt Melissa's mom's feelings. Because that's not what that's intended for. I pass this on to you so that you will use it in the same way that your grandfather did. Make perfect granddad eggs for your own kids and for your own grandkids. For them to be used in the way that they were intended is an important thing for how the Holy Spirit passes things on to us. Use this in the way that I've intended for you to, to build up the body of Christ. And then the other part of this that's really important is to be thankful. Here we are right after Thanksgiving, and I know we've talked a lot about this, but I think it's really important for us to take a minute and to remember we are supposed to be thankful for the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. And the way that we do that really, really matters. Now, you need to know the whole world has come to understand just recently how important and healthy it is for you to be thankful. I don't know if you know this, but there's been so many studies that have been done lately, and in particular since the pandemic, right? We all came out of this pandemic and anxiety is higher than it's ever been, and depression's higher than it's ever been, and people suffering more than they ever have, feeling more alone, and having mental issues and, and emotional issues, and struggling in some way. So there's been all these studies done, and one of the main things that keeps coming out is they go, if you're a thankful person, then that helps with your mental illness. It can help prevent mental illness, and it can help with your emotional health. As a matter of fact, the whole world knows about that, but the way they define it is much different, and the source of it is much different for those who belong to the Lord. So there's a National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they did a study, and here's one of the things that they said, that those who give thanks and are thankful to whatever, and by the way, they don't talk about God. They just talk about if you're just thankful, just a thankful person. You have significantly lower risk of major depression, lower risk of anxiety, of phobia, of nicotine dependence, of alcohol dependence, and drug abuse. And you even will have fewer visits to the doctor by just being thankful to no one in particular. By just being a person, as they talk about this, who just looks at the things that they have that are good. Now, here's the interesting thing about this for us, is what they're talking about here is even if you just give thanks to an uninterested, uninvolved, uncaring universe, there's health benefits to it. Can you imagine that? Is this idea focusing on things that randomly, by chance, have occurred to make your life better for just a few moments makes you more healthy. It's thankfulness directed at nothing and no one for something that has happened by chance. There's no thought behind it. There's no sacrifice to it. There's no cost to the universe to provide this for you. It was just the luck of the draw that a blessing landed on you instead of a boulder. But if you're thankful for that, something happens. Now, for those of us who know we belong to a loving God, who actually have a father that we can call Abba, which, by the way, is is technically the term for daddy, to have a daddy who provides for us, who loves us, who says the gifts that I give you came at great cost. Cost me a lot to make sure that you have these things. But I want to give these to you out of love and out of care. It's the difference between finding a $50 bill and having somebody work really hard to give it to you, right? 
There's a difference in that. Walking down the road and you find a $50 bill blowing along, you pick that up and you go, isn't that great? What a coincidence. I had that. I love that $50 bill. But I promise you it's not the same as somebody who goes, man, I worked and sacrificed to give this to you. And I want you to have this. And it cost me something because it's for you. And I love you. There's a difference. How much more thankful should we be? For those of us that have benefits, when we consider that everything we have comes from a loving, caring creator who has a plan for you. The gifts he gives you, it's not random. It's because he has a plan for you. He has plans for us to know what enduring and undeserving love looks like so that you know what grace that is amazing looks like, that we'd have an inexplicable peace that you can't put a reason behind, that you'd have joy that can't be robbed from you, that you would have mercy that extends to every action you've ever done and everyone you will, done, will do. And the idea is not only that you know it, but that you have these gifts from him so that others will know it through you as well. That's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is that he's equipped you to realize that he's given this out of the love of his heart and now you can share that in such a way that impacts other people. So we should give thanks. It should be something that's a huge part of who we are. But we should do it in a certain way. We have a focus. We know who it belongs to. We know where to direct our thanks. It doesn't just go out into the ether and into the universe. It goes to a loving, caring God. And then the way you should do it, which I love too, is we're going to take, take a little Paul sort of example in the way that's done. So Paul wrote this in Romans where he's talking about these gifts that we use. But listen to the way that he talks about giving thanks. He, talks, he uses these definite words all the time in every way. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, this is what Paul says. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Colossians 1, 3, and 4, this is what he says. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people. And then Philippians 1, 3 through 6, Paul again. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Right? Always. Always give thanks. I love that about Paul and the way that he talks about that. It, it, the idea that, it, and you got to remember, Paul sometimes would fuss at some of the people in the churches that he started, but to be able to go, hey, listen, even if you've ticked me off, even if you've done some stupid things, even sometimes when the church doesn't act the way that it's supposed to, I always give thanks for you. Because of the partnership that we have in the gospel that changes everything. Right? To be able to give thanks always. I got a great lesson in that when I was a, I think it was a junior at Abilene Christian University. There was a guy there named Willard Tate. I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of Willard Tate. He was a basketball coach who became a preacher and was a teacher. And Willard was fantastic. He was a fantastic guy. And one of the things that he did was he taught a life learning skills class at Abilene Christian. And you could take it, and a lot of people did, because you got that credit that you needed. And everybody, most people looked at it and went, it's going to be an easy A, right? 
Here's the thing that Willard did, though, is he could only meet on Mondays and Wednesdays, and he needed to meet for an hour and a half each time, so he started early. So you started at 7.30 in the morning. All college classes were 8. Yeah, so you started, yeah. So you started at 7.30 in the morning. And so what would happen is you would have all of these kids that would show up for this easy A at 7.30 in the morning in Willard Tate's life learning skills. And the first thing he would do at 7.30 in the morning would go, I want you to sit down every time and write down 10 things you're thankful for today. Well, I had been up about nine minutes <laughs> by the time I got there, okay? I usually brush my teeth and I put a hat on my head because my hair was fried. And sometimes I slept in my clothes so that I could get there on time. So I had been up just that long. And every time that we met, to have to sit and go, now give thanks for 10 things that's happened today. I remember thinking, this is impossible. There is no way to come up with 10. I haven't done 10 things. I haven't seen 10 things. I got up, walked to class, and sat down. That's three things. I don't know where to go from there. But what started happening was you started learning to go, well, what do you have? And you go, oh, to be able to wake up, right? To be able to have strong legs that allow me to walk here. To be able to be in a place that's safe. To be able to be in a, in a home where I wake up with a roof over my head. Things that started uh, collecting and collecting and you started understanding how to give thanks in all circumstances, all the time, in every way. And it made us healthier people. Because what we did was we started looking and focusing on not what I do, but what has been given to me. That is the reason that we give thanks the way that we do. That's why Paul can go all the time in every circumstance, and especially when you look at each other. Give thanks always. And Paul wasn't doing that because they were perfect people and they were perfect partners. They weren't. But they were partners in the same mission, and the mission's perfect. To be partners with me in the perfect mission of God, we need to give thanks to God for that. Let me tell you, it's easy to complain. Anybody can complain. It takes no effort in any way whatsoever. And when you look at the body of Christ, it's easy to complain about that too. Right? I mean, when you start thinking about it in the way that we, we talk about a body. Listen, I'm getting older. I look in the mirror at my body. There's a lot to complain about as I've gotten older. I can find a lot of stuff wrong. That is not hard for me to do. But that's not what we've been called to do. The world begs for you to do that. Find what's wrong and comment on it. By all means, you're the audience of everything. Find in every way to give your opinion on what's not right and what's not meeting your expectations. Give thumbs down, give unlikes. Go in and immediately criticize in every single way. It costs you nothing to be the audience. It costs you everything to be part of the body of Christ. But you get everything. Melissa and I got on a, um, an app at our home up in Austin. It was called the, the Neighborhood App. I don't know if any of y'all have seen that, the little Neighborhood App. And we got on there because we were told and we were sold this idea that if you get on this app, this is a great way to get to know your neighbors better and keep up with what's going on. You, you know what it turned into? Oh, my goodness. That was the most negative, hurtful, ugly stuff I have ever seen in my life. And what happens is when you give people these days in our world, and some of us as well, the opportunity to go, hey, give me your opinion, 
we immediately get to go, that's not right, and that's not right, and I don't like this, and this isn't my favorite. And over stuff that was ridiculous. I, Melissa and I finally got to where we would look and go, where can you find a criticism for the best thing done? Here's one. So you have a neighbor who gets on there and goes, I found somebody's dog. It doesn't have a collar, and it was out in the rain and the cold lost. And so I grabbed it, and they describe it. And I picked it up, and I dried it off with the towel, and then I took it to my house. And if anybody is looking for it, I'm taking good care of him. He's eating well. And immediately people start going, how dare you take that dog into your house? What if they're looking for it? Well, who gives you the right to be able to do it? I'm going, oh, my goodness. I mean, they roasted this person for all of the things they should have done differently in different ways. And here's the thing, that's easy. And the world begs for it. Just give your opinion, complain in any way, be sure and let us know anything that's not perfect. Here's the thing for us that is different for that. Is we sometimes, we, not sometimes, always, we have gifts that have been given perfectly, that are perfect gifts by our perfect Father to imperfect people that will use it in imperfect ways. But the thing to do with that is to give thanks to God that he would pass out his perfect gifts for people to use in imperfect ways. One of my favorite things, and you are all welcome anytime to join us, is at 940, I get together right down here with the people who will be doing the communion talk and the people who will do the welcome, the winners, and the folks that will be leading the praise team. And we get together down here together before we start worship and recognize the first thing, this will not be perfect right? God doesn't ask us to be perfect. We're imperfect people. But what we have is a perfect gift given to us. And the idea that we would take it and use it for the glory of God is the part that is neatest about it. And you have people here, I just want to tell you, you have people here that get up to lead praise every Sunday who love you and love the Lord and have nothing in their hearts more than to bring praise to him and to lift you up. That's all they want to do. I'm so grateful for them. They mean so much to us. There's this neat thing that happens in Scripture with God. And God set this up from the beginning of time. And it's this idea of things being sacred and holy and set apart. And it, it's the way he operates. And, and here's what I mean by this. Is we look at things and we sometimes go, things that are sacred and things that are holy are perfect things. They're not. They're not perfect things. The idea that something is holy and set apart means it's been given a purpose. It's been dedicated. And it's been the call from God from the time that we were first created is for him to go, take something that I've given you and set it apart for me. And when you do, when you put it on the altar, you hear that a lot where there's sacrifices on the altar. When you put it on the altar, when you set it apart, when you go, this is dedicated to the Lord, then God goes, I make it holy. I do. I make it perfect. Because what you've done is you've decided to take what I've given you and to dedicate it to the Lord. And when you dedicate what I've given you to the Lord, I make it perfect. I do that. That's what's the neatest thing about the whole sacrificial system that started from the beginning. Abel, Cain and Abel were the first to bring their offerings. And it was what they grew out of the ground, and they went, God has given me this, and I dedicate it back. And it was the, the flocks that they had and the animals, and they go, God has given me this, and so I give it back. And what matters most is to go, when you set this aside for the sake of God, then what he does is he makes it holy, and he makes it perfect. So when we have 
what has been given to us by God. And we take it and we go, you've given me this ability, whether it's hospitality, if it's being able to cook, if it's being able to repair things, if it's encouragement, whatever it is. And you take that and you go, I'm setting this apart for the purposes of God's kingdom to glorify him and to build up the body. Then he goes, holy. It's holy. And it's perfect. Even if it doesn't appear perfect all the time, what he does is takes it, and in the same way he looks at us and goes, I've made you perfect. I've made your gift perfect when you give it out of that heart. It's one of the neatest things about the way God works with us. Romans 12.1, you've heard this before, but I want you to think about this now with the idea of using the gifts God's given you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You need to know, we've looked at that a lot and go, uh, your bodies, and we go, well, that must have to do with uh, sexual sin or something like that. The word bodies there encompasses everything you are. Take everything you are, that everything that God has given you, and take that and make it a living sacrifice. You don't have to die. You get to do this in your life. But when you take it and you set it apart for the sake of God, then it's holy worship, and it's true, and it's proper. God has a vision for our church that what we would do is have a group of people all using the gifts that God has given them for the sake of one another and for the sake of the world. That's what we're supposed to look like. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're trying to figure out. And you know it's not in the perfection of the action. It's in the perfection of the heart. I got a gift here the other day. I went and saw somebody who's good friends, and they have a little girl who's five, and she drew me a picture, and she gave it to me. And you know what a four- or five-year-old picture looks like. It was a bunch of squiggly lines of different colors. And, you know, you have to do that. Well, this is beautiful. I can tell exactly what it is. It's a... It's a cat. It was a cat. Obviously, it's a cat, right? Now, if I want to take that on all the benefits through the eyes of a, a, an art collector, that's one thing. But that was a little girl giving me something out of the goodness of her heart because she loves me. Well, it has value immediately, right? You know this. If you've got kids, and especially if you've got grandkids, the value of something is completely built on the heart of the one who gives it to you. That's what we do, and that's what makes things holy. I am thankful for the perfect gifts of God that are manifested through imperfect people at this church. I'm thankful for Gary Davidson and his crew that have started the Fix-It Angels, who's taken his gift for fixing and repairing things, and he goes around and he does that for the sake of those of us who are not able to do that, especially those who may be a little older, having a hard time. And he goes around and he builds because of that. It's holy. It's a holy gift of God. I'm thankful for Art and his boys and the way that they work for Habitat for Humanity and that they would go out there and go, God has gifted me to be able to build these things, and so I'm going to do this for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ so that someone will have a house. That's holy. I don't have that gift. But will you build me up when you use that? I'm thankful for the Garretts and their servant hearts and the way that they're constantly washing the feet of this church. The way that they are constantly serving all of us. I'm thankful for the winners, for their ability to make fine meals and desserts, and that they would cook for us and bring those constantly. 
I'm thankful for Chad Warner and the fact that he is willing to teach every week. He's taken the gift of teaching, and he uses it every week down in the class right over here. I'm thankful to Carolyn Worley and Lacey Oliver for having the gift of encouragement, and they bring it regularly here to this church during the week and on Sundays, and they use it for the glory of God. These are sacred things set apart for the glory of God, and he has made them holy. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's what we're striving for. To use the gifts that God has given us for his sake. So here's what I'd like to do, if you would. I want us to take a minute and think about this. So in your uh, chairs there next to you, you have a card like this. And I would like for us to take a moment and, and do a thankful exercise. And uh, it says, what servant or servants are you most thankful for at KCC? And here's what I'd like for you to do. As we sing a few songs here, I'd like for you to think about that and write it down. And then when you do, we'll collect them up, and then we're going to pray over them here in a little bit. And here's what I'd like for you to think about. In particular, somebody who has a gift unlike yours that you're thankful that they build up the body with. And here's, a, here's another thing. You may know their name. You may go, I'm thankful Dustin uses his song of worship leading. That's fine. You may not know. You may go, those people up there in the top, they keep the slides going. I'm thankful for them. The people at the door who welcome us, the folks who take care of our children. You can just name a group of people if you would like. But this is the healthiness that comes from us as what we do is we learn to be thankful for the things and recognize how God has been active in our lives. And then let me just mention one other thing. This is the invitation part of this. We, we've been talking about imperfect, perfect gifts given through imperfect people is the way that God builds up the church. But you need to know the way that God made the church was perfect gift given through a perfect person. Those of us that belong to Christ who have the Holy Spirit who've been given these gifts, you need to know where this comes from. And it all goes back again, the idea that things would be laid on the altar. And because of that, holiness would come. The gift that we have through Christ, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, then you need to know it's perfect forgiveness. It's perfect mercy. It's perfect grace. It's perfect hope. It's perfect peace that you have. Because of what was laid on the altar was a perfect sacrifice in every single way. We give thanks for a lot of things. There is nothing we give thanks for more than when we see one who has been dead come alive in Christ. And so if you have a desire today and you go, hey, I want to be a part of this and what God's doing in his world. I want to have the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want him to work through me. I want to be part of this mission that he has to bring all things and reconcile them back together. We would love for you to come and talk to us about how to do that. We could bring you and show you today how you can go from a dead person, be buried in water, and come up and be an alive person in Christ, that God will do something in you to give you a new life. We would love that opportunity. I'll be right back there. If you want to talk to me, you can come find me anytime. I would love to talk to you about that. But what we're going to do is spend just a few songs, and I'm going to give you a chance to write that down, and then we'll collect them here in just a minute, and we'll pray over those. But let's pray to close out. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love. I thank you for the way that you put us together uh, in your great wisdom as a church, that you've given us different gifts. I thank you for the way uh, that uh, every person here has decided to use those. Lord, if they are wondering right now how they can use their gifts more to serve the body, then Lord, I ask that you would speak uh, through your Holy Spirit to guide them in that. Give one of us a word to be able to give them, to show them how they can be a blessing to this place. Lord, we know 
that uh, you have, uh, in your great wisdom, given different gifts to different people in different ways, and we need them. And so, Lord, we ask that we would be equippers of those who have been given gifts at this church to use them for the benefit and the glory of your name and for the name of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.